heavy. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Underrated. We are the Undercast Company, and of course, as per usual, I'm joined by my awesome, lovely host, uh, Ariel Ortiz. Hello. Derek McDuff. Hey guys, how's it going? And myself, Alan Torres. So how's everybody doing? I hope everyone's enjoying the Summer of Sequels. And today's the final episode of Summer of Sequels. And it's going to be one of my personal favorite sequels. I know we did another personal one prior. Uh, It was the part two to a a, a series. And this one is going to be a part three. And it's one of my favorite part threes ever since I was a kid. It's Back to the Future Part Three. Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Mary Steenberg, Thomas F. Wilson, Leah Thompson, and Elizabeth Shue. Uh, came out back in 1990 and had a budget of $40 million and unfortunately only made back $246 million <laughs> at the box office. So I guess you can say it was a success. But I've always, I've always personally felt that it was an underrated sequel, especially a part three. I know a lot of the time we get a, we get a lot of great part twos, you know, Godfather Part Two, um, Scream 2, Empire Strikes Back, yada, yada. So my pick, I wanted to pick a part three because usually even a part three is even more rare of being as good as its previous two predecessors. So if you don't know, Back to the Future 3 is the, the last of the, of the trilogy. Uh, Marty ends up getting trapped again in 1955 and he has to figure out a way to go back to 1855 to save the doc because he finds out that Mad Buford Tannen shot him down over a over a uh, <laughs> order of $80, right? I believe $80. Yeah, $80. Yeah, $80. $80. Mm-hmm. Mad Dog Tannen. Mad Dog Tannen. So, yeah, and pretty much he ends up in the beginning of the movie, finds a 55 Doc, and he helps him find out that there's another DeLorean at that same time, and it helps, and it sends him back in time to 1885, and that's where he goes to rescue Doc. But there is an issue. The doc finds love this time around. So now it's trying to figure out how to get back to the future, but also with doc being in love with uh, Clara Clayton. So yeah, well, that that's my, my little thing real fast. I want to hear what you guys think um, of the movie. Well, I think that you really hit it, Alan, when you're like, it is you, a really good part three is a rare thing. Because I think that trilogies are inherently kind of just difficult to end. It's kind of hard to like stick the landing, um, especially when and Back to the Future Three kind or the Back to the Future sequels kind of invented this, where it's like you have one standalone movie, and then you're like, okay, we're gonna like retroactively be like, this is actually the first part of a trilogy, and then you have two more movies, and a lot of the time when they do that, you know, with like the Matrix sequels or like the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels the parts two and three just feel like one long ass movie and two and three do not feel distinct from each other. But this one part three actually feels very distinct from part two. Like part three is an entirely separate genre. In fact, from parts one and two, and it does kind of end the story on a really kind of just, you know, it feels thematically correct. It feels like it closes a lot of things out. Um, It's not perfect. There's a couple things that I feel like, they do kind of just like add to Marty's character in the second one to give him more conflict that get resolved in this one. Like how he just really hates being called a chicken, which is never mm-hmm. a thing of the first one. Um, I think I know why that happens though. So they can give him some character growth. Like, no, no. I think it is because of what happens in, in 1955 with his, his dad standing up to Biff He's essentially has taught his sons that the same way that he had taught them to be cowards in the past one. Like, that's why, you know, his family wasn't successful or stuff like that. That's why his 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 son didn't take initiative or his oldest son didn't take initiative. His his daughter, you know, wasn't outgoing enough to have have um, relationships with with guys and stuff like that. Didn't have that confidence. But because 
George McFly stood up to Biff all those years ago, he instilled that confidence into his children. So that's why. But Mar uh, Marty memory doesn't change. Marty doesn't get new memories. Yeah. The rest of his I family think... does, but he still remembers everything. He doesn't change. Mm -hmm. I think it's like still. I think that's what they were trying to get at. I don't know. That. I think that's that's kind of. I just. I mean, I feel like they're just like, yeah, we just need to give Marty some conflict. He doesn't really have a conflict in the first one. He's just kind of like a protagonist that never changes or learns anything in the first one, which I kind of love. And they he do, they do kind of give him an arc in this, which is fine, because he does have that arc with, like, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and everything about the race and, you know. Um, I think that I'm much more interested in Doc's arc, especially in this movie, because he has that kind of love um, and everything, and, you know, they, have, they kind of close the book on time travel and have it kind of just be about, like, you control your own destiny, um, because I think there's very, very few um, movies that are not envisioned as trilogies from the get-go, like your Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. That's a whole other thing. But if you're like, okay, this is a trilogy, and we're going to close it out here. This is going to be the third, the end of the trilogy, which we didn't really plan. Even, like, Return of the Jedi is probably the weakest Star Wars. Like, it doesn't really hold up, I feel like, to the first, and like, to the Empire Strikes Back. But this one, I think that you can really put it in the same category as Back to the Future 1 and 2. It does kind of do, it does, you do feel like you can watch them all back to back and feel fulfilled. And it also feels, while it is part of a larger whole, um, it does feel like it's its own story. It's its, its own one, part of, it is a part three. It is like, hey, here's Back to the Future part three. Here's Doc and Marty going on this other adventure. But it doesn't just feel like the second half of a long movie, like The Matrix Revolutions or like Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End do, or like so many other just kind of like endings do. It's like, yeah, this is its own thing. And I think that it's really clever. I'll probably, I'll get more into it, but I do think it's really clever how they basically just take the first movie and do the first movie again. Because the second movie is like, okay, we're looking at the first movie from a different angle, but this one's like, okay, we're going to take the plot of the first movie, which is a science fiction movie, and we're going to, and this, this is, that's not to say this isn't sci-fi, but it's, it takes the genre and switches it. It's like, okay, we're going to do the tropes of a Western movie now. We're going to have like, it be like a cart, like a, like a, you know, they're going to have a, a train heist at the end. And that's going to be the kind of thing that gets, and they're going to have all this Western stuff and the duels and everything, which, you know, kind of get foreshadowed in the second, but they do a lot of good foreshadowing in the second one that pay off really well in this one. And there's a lot of great callbacks to all three of them. But I think it's just really smart to just take, hey, let's do one again. But now it's a Western and we're doing, we're do, just kind of doing it a little bit differently. Where everything you've seen all this before, but it's in a fresh way, which I think is really a smart decision by Zemeckis and all the other writers and producers and stuff. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely, I definitely um, agree with that. I mean, I think that, that we're, you know, all all three of them have um, different, like, kind of, like, time periods to play with. You know, the first one is the past, the 50s, and then you have the future and the second one, and then you have the... And then you have um, the Western in the third one. And they all have those, those, like, moments in them, like, you know, like, essentially, like, the diner moment, you know, where Biff comes in and every iteration of Biff, you know. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, this movie is definitely like I, I just because I wanted to like I, I we like we've recently seen the first one, um, but then I wanted to like oh I, and I've seen the second one, um, before and the third one of course, but but I wanted to like rewatch the second one before I watched the third one just you know to have that kind of, um, flow into it you know see coming off and just might as well see all three straight almost essentially, and um. Yeah, like it, like a, it works definitely um, both ways. Like you could definitely see like the second and third one together, and you have that kind of like very flowing into, you know, storyline. All three essentially flow into each other because they're kind of like taking place over the course of in for Marty like a week, you know, um, and then and then you have, but for the second and third one, be, especially since they were films like one after the other. Um, you kind of get that a little bit more of that flow into it. And I definitely, you could definitely enjoy it that way, or you could enjoy just watching it, you know, picking up and, and watching, re watching it for the first time and rewatching it for the first time. 
um, that way. Uh, and yeah, it, it's de it is um, an enjoyable third movie. Um, un unlike Derek, I, I the Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, I I love um, Return of the Jedi more than Empire. I'm I'm an outlier, I know. Um, but but yeah, like I, I it comes down to like for me, like I, I like conclusions, but I also like the I like the themes of Return of the Jedi a bit more. Um, but uh, other than that, I think that the third one, while the second one, in my opinion, is the best one. Um, I think the third one actually has a bit more heart than than the the previous two, uh, especially with you know the addition of Doc Brown. But then also like he, like you you mentioned before, you get that that character you know building of of Marty, also with the chicken and stuff like that, and then you get the callback to. That's another reason why it kind of like flows a bit better with watching two and three like back to back is like you get that callback of the Royals Royce and like this is it's leading up to that you know you have that lead up as a as a viewer to like he needs to like stop this learn this lesson to like cool his jets and not be offended when somebody tries to call him out or it's gonna like ruin his life it's gonna ruin his family's life and stuff um but yeah, I think it's definitely a really great conclusion to a story that like like you of course, like we would always we would all want more stories of time travel with with Marty and Doc Brown, but but it definitely ends in a way where they both like you you're fine with both of them ending how they are, you know, like Doc Brown finds love and then um, I love how he signs, you know, he essentially tells, um, Jennifer and, and Marty, like, don't worry about the future. You know, it's not set in stone. Like, it will change, but that's okay. You know, our futures are what they will be and we'll find, you know, like, joy in that, you know, joy in it anyway, you know, just keep, keep on going and stuff. So, so I really enjoyed that, that like, um. I like the the growth of Doc Brown in that you know going from the first to the second and the third is like he thinks like he thought of time as being kind of concrete or you know like kind of like which is has become like a trope and was called back in 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 Avengers Endgame of 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 <laughs> of Black to the Future was wrong but you know that that sharp Back split. to the Future is a bunch of bullshit <laughs> yeah of like you know he thought of it as like a a sharp line you know cut off and stuff like that but you know like even to him it comes down to like which is like a unifying kind of become a unifying theme of like you know time ebbs and flows you know um yeah there's kind of a beauty into that theme you know and i really do love that that kind of theme of time travel when they get to that conclusion of you know time ebbs and flows so but yeah Definitely, definitely enjoyed it. Of course, it's Back to the Future, but yeah. I think one of the highlights for me. I mean, I I, I can't say I have a favorite Back to the Future. I kind of just love all of them equally. Um, but I think one of my favorite things is that you know there's the character growth, like you guys were saying. I really love Marty's character growth, especially like you guys had mentioned about like the the the, the race with the flea and all that. And I also love that, like that, these movies all kind of have like each movie is about a certain character. If you think about it, like the first one is about Marty's parents. The second one is pretty much about like uh, Marty and Biff. Like they're kind of these like arch enemies almost through time. And then part three, it's Doc and uh, Claire. So I, I kind of always been a fan that like. You know, each of these movies is about them. Obviously, Marty and Doc are in all of them, but the themes are focused on specific characters in, in each one. And I think one of my favorite aspects about this one is that you never really had Doc and Marty from the same time, like, have an adventure yet. Like, first one, it's 1955, Doc. And then the second one... Yeah, it's kind of, you know, the Doc and Marty and uh, Marty's girlfriend going to the future. 
but then kind of like all hell breaks loose and then like they all kind of get separated and marty kind of goes into this like but he goes back to 1985 and this like hell version of 1985 but the third one i finally feel like our heroes are finally like together like they're the same timeline version even though they're they're over and stuck in 1885 i've always loved where like like you can just see like they've grown over this matter of time where like you know marty's in the the clown cowboy suit and he's getting pretty much hanged by uh mad dog cannon and then just doc has this sick ass like tesla sniper rifle and he just <laughs> down and then like he just looks all like kind of see a little seasoned a little used to the, the time he's in and just that that scene of just like 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 they just have this scene of like oh my god my best friend i'm i'm finally here with my best friend kind of thing and like you know doc picks him up off the ground and marty's like and his stupid cowboy suit mm-hmm. and one of my favorite absolute favorite time travel like lines i've ever heard is doc goes who the hell dressed you and then he like marty like slaps him on the on the shoulder and he's like you did <laughs> yeah yeah. Like, yeah like it's just one of those fun little time travel things and and i just love how they like hang out and like they, they just kind of go through it in 1885 like they finally feel like they're going through their own time travel adventure but it's the same timeline ones because it's always kind of like passing ships or like mm-hmm. in the first one it's 18 uh 1955 doc and marty and like even at the end of that one doc is like i have to wait 30 years to be able to talk to you about this and that was always kind of bittersweet because you're like oh yeah i mean it's gonna be cool but it sucks that he has to go the long way around mm-hmm. and, and marty's gonna be there instantaneously but yeah and then like i love the I think I kind of love the, the romance a lot between Doc and Clara, just kind of like, like just souls that were never able to meet because of time kind of thing. And then like, just, it, it felt like kind of maybe yes, time, like, you know, we learned the, the errors of time trouble in the second one, but I feel like this one, it's kind of like, they're trying to fix everything. They're trying to take care of everything. And like, love still kind of finds a way. Like I've always felt like, the main theme of all these movies is love, essentially. You know, the first the one. The power of love. The power, That's the power of, of love. Mm-hmm. There you go. The power yeah. of love. So yeah, it's just it's so much fun. And then also too, I mean, this one we finally get to see. Like the like, I love the DeLorean's kind of character growth as well. Like you, you see it go, come from just this badass built DeLorean, and then the second one it can fly. And then mm-hmm. this one, it it has like the cool '50s wheels and that weird contraption on the hood. And then it kind of gets another evolution of just being this DeLorean with train wheels, yeah. and it's getting pushed. And then finally, one of the biggest, coolest things I've ever seen that blew my mind as a child was seeing a train version of the time machine, just this massive fucking like steampunk kind of time machine. And I thought that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen as a kid or like cap- like I was my imagination was already captured by the DeLorean and it's not one of my favorite cars of all time but like seeing the train version I was like holy shit like that's just because mm-hmm. because you kind of get this bittersweet feeling because you're like all right well everything's good you know Doc's like I'm gonna stay back in time with Clara that's how it's gonna be and it's like all right man that's I guess you know I'm gonna go back to the future of my girl destroy the DeLorean and then just almost like uh just one last quick, like, hey, we're not done yet. You kind of just, and they're like, where's the fucking train coming from? And then boom, it's the, the train time machine. And as you just, for one last instance, you get to see like the time machine one more time. And, and it, again, it captures your imagination where you're like, oh, I'd love to see more. I'd love to see more, but that's the end of that story. And, and you know what? I, I couldn't have it any other way. I, I just, I feel like it's just a great, and then the whole Western thing, I'm a sucker for, for westerns i think this might be one of my favorite western movies of all time too so yeah and you guys know that i like love just genre mashup movies so i was all about this like a like a sci-fi western with time travel like uh, i'm on board but i i think you definitely hit it alan how you're like you want to see more but you're glad it's done because they know when to end it and zemeckis and all those guys are like you know zemeckis and gail they're like you know what this is it. They're, they had the, even had the shirts made that just had like the four logo like crossed out because they're like, 
no, like this is done. We've told our story because you can keep making movies and movies and movies and movies forever and just have get diminishing returns. But it's like, no, this is the story. It's complete. It's everyone's arcs are done. And it's like Endgame, you know, like we'll have more Marvel movies, but like the story that was Endgame and like the story of like Iron Man and Captain America and a lot of other characters, it's kind of like closed out. And I love that. I'm like, okay, good. We've closed. I would love to, you know, Back to the Future 4 would be so much fun. And that's why I have so much mixed feelings about a fourth Matrix movie, because I'm like, you told the story. The story was done. And I feel like they kind of did that with like the first the first Back to the Future. The story was kind of done, but they're like, you know what? Let's let's give you a little more. We'll give you a little bit extra. We'll give you two movies where and I'm like, good, that's all I need. And it's done. There's like, you know, Zemeckel said, as long as I'm alive, no one is ever gonna do a Back to the Future four. And it's a it's just a perfect trilogy. It doesn't need to be anymore. And I think that maybe nowadays like some filmmakers are starting to learn like okay we can just like end things you can have like a successful trilogy like the how to train your dragon trilogy just like whatever it just be done and have the story be told and complete and have everyone's arcs be resolved and just kind of like have the heroes just ride off into the sunset and i love that we get that for doc and marty and their future is still unwritten that's like how the movie ends and it's such a just perfect beautiful ending yeah, yeah, I know it definitely is, and then it it is still like like the first one was, leaves it open ended to like they might have you know like more adventures, but hey, you know like they are going to go off and they are you know they have their own lives, they might intercross you know, one day, but for now you know they're they're essentially like told said bye to each other or like we're gonna live our own lives you know kind of thing and and that's kind of a uh i think a, a better way to end this uh series than the first one did you know the first one of course left it open-ended you know i um they weren't expecting to make a sequel until it came out and stuff like that um so so i think yeah that definitely tying it up this way um with how you know they did is definitely a lot more effective and and stuff and and like yeah like well i mean i guess marvel is a special case because you know it branches off and stuff like that um but i do enjoy you know books. close it's kind of... <laughs> yeah it's comic books i guess yeah but yeah i do enjoy it definitely like a strong telling of things i know i know like just by by watching certain tv shows um that, you know, things could get lost, you know, track, you know, um, stories can lose its traction or, or they'll just like run out of steam and not know how to end it. And so, yeah, in those cases, like it is, it is a good, good idea to just have a few seasons, you know, leave, leave, um, people wanting more than less is, is like always the good, um, rule of thumb, I think for any kind of entertainment, uh, but yeah. who's, who's watching The Simpsons these days? Like, like The yeah. Simpsons has been on at literally as long as I've been alive. Like, they premiered mm -hmm. 1989, same year I was born. Also, Back to Future 2 came out that year. Um, mm -hmm. and it just keeps going and going and going. And like, people love The Simpsons, but who watches it now? You know, mm -hmm. why it's, it's still on, but no one cares, you know? And mm -hmm. that's like a best case scenario for something going on this long. Usually, it's not that people don't care. Usually people start to hate it when things go on forever. Like, look at, like, a show like Heroes. Heroes was great. And then they just kept making more and more and more and just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And you just got to know, you set a time for yourself and be like, this is the story. It's it's done. We we have it planned. We have two and three plans so we ha can do the things that we want to do. And we can wrap it up. And I'm glad that's what we're doing with our summer sequels. We got, We had our movies for the summer. And this is where it's coming to an end. This is our, you know, the movie about Back to the Future 3 is our Back to the Future 3. We're wrapping it all up. We're going to ride off into the sunset, you know, in our, our sequel series. We're going to still talk about movies, but we're still, we're, we're done with our sequel series. We know when to end it. We're not going to keep going forever on this, this series. Yeah. Damn, Derek, oh. we're like contrasting a lot right now because I totally like like with heroes. I'm like, it's only because they always thought that they were ending, <laughs> like like they and the writer's the strike and all that. And the writer's strike. Oh man, the writer's strike that got real bad. But even before yeah. that, even like season two of Heroes was, I don't know, I had a really rough time. Season one of Heroes is incredible, but it got uh, tough for me uh, to watch uh, after that. 
if a, a bit of tangent, they should have should have had Skylar be be um Peter Pacelli or the uh the third Pacelli brother. It would it would have been <laughs> fucking awesome to keep him that way. And you had the you had like then this weird dynamic between Skylar and and um. Siler, Siler, yeah, sorry, sorry. Shout out to my friend Skyler. Um, <laughs> but no, um, Siler and and Peter and like, oh, uh, and then they t- they, they took, introduced a lot. But, they always were like, no, here's no, no, a good no, idea, no, and the then they just like went off dropped. and did this something else. When they stopped Peter's opness because he was awesome as an as an op character. But okay, well, yeah, like, I could go on I for about on. the problems love, with heroes. That's a whole I other podcast. Heroes. I love heroes. Heroes is my one of my first like um like uh pop culture kind of like obs- not obsession but like what got me into pop culture was heroes heroes and, and scrubs were my two like nerd awakenings <laughs> I, I i feel like the 2000s had like i feel like the 2000s had like absolute bangers of like television shows oh like, yeah across mm-hmm. all the boards like i feel like that kind of became the precursor to like now like how like we we have so many tv shows that are absolutely like just they might as well be as big as films you know with netflix and and every and all this streaming stuff i I feel like every other day you just find somebody just like oh my god did you see loki did you see you know captain um captain american the winter soldier like all this stuff like it's so big now i feel like the 2000s really was just like Hey man, heroes, scrubs, like you said, like just so many bit lost, like just all these bangers just kept coming out. Where like, like you know, this is, this is back in the day when we had water coolers and stuff. Now we have the automatic fucking machine that just fills up your <laughs> water bottle. <laughs> like, so it, it, yeah. I, yeah, it really was the precursor to the golden age of television. And you know, you started to get it a little bit sooner in like you know, kind of the premium cable world. You had you know. HBO and like Showtime doing shows like that. But then, you know, once it started, you know, like ABC coming out with Lost and, you know, all the, and, you know, those kind of shows really brought it more to the mainstream because they were on basic cable and anybody can see them. And they, you know, shows like Heroes and Lost brought this kind of like sci fi element to just kind of the mainstream. And I think that's a big part of the reason we, why we are in such a, age of tv nowadays is because of stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. yeah now total total tangent <laughs> well we bring it bring it back uh movies like you know back to the future you know kind of in, have inspired pop culture and and including yeah. you know like television shows like like heroes and lost and stuff like that because yeah, heroes like, was all about you know and, and lost too also they had <laughs> a lot of time travel stuff you know which you mm-hmm. know the future people didn't do time travel movies really like they were not super successful they were around but they weren't like successful like they were like this until mm-hmm. you know back to the future and then you had stuff like the terminator and stuff and you had all the, the star trek movies that held all the time travel where they go back to the 90s or the 80s to go find the whales or whatever i fucking love that shit mm-hmm. yeah i mean no, also too we have like um i, I feel like it's just, it's just tough for time travel movies i, I think you need to get a um, you know what? What, what do they say? Lightning in a bottle, but it's uh, more like lightning hitting the clock tower at the right time. <laughs> so, but I mean, I guess to kind of go back to everything, um, back to what you guys were saying about like rebooting stuff, is that I'm kind of glad that Back to the Future can't isn't in the in the vein to be rebooted or, or made a sequel for because I think Robert Zemeckis said himself that he's like I have the rights to it, and I think to be able to make something what, what after the creator's gone it's like well you have to wait till he dies and then it's like a hundred years after the fact so 80 it's or like something like that 80, yeah. 80, 80 yeah. to 100 years so it's like they won't be able to make you know another a back to the future remake until like the far off year of like 2185 or some shit so <laughs> it's gonna be a long long time so at least you know in our, in our life lifetime we're we're, we're cool and I'm kind of glad though because I know there's a lot of reboots. I know there's a, like the or sequels, like there's a Karate Kid series, and um, you know they're doing He-Man now, which I thought was absolutely amazing. I love the He-Man uh, reboot, but I'm kind of glad though. You know what? Secretly, as much as I like reboots and stuff and sequels, I'm kind of glad that there isn't a reboot. I I feel like the only time it's okay is when 
it's maybe done in comic form or video game form. Mm. Uh, two really great examples is the Ghostbusters video game where they kind of did a sequel to the movies and Back to the Future itself, if anybody's out there listening and you don't know this, there is technically a non-canon version of Back to the Future 4 in video game form. It's just called Back to the Future the Game and it takes place right after Back to the Future Part 3 and it's a telltale game so it's really heavily, heavily story driven. Uh, they get a really great version of, uh, they really get a, they get a really good um, voice actor who could mimic uh, Michael J. Fox's voice pretty damn well. Like it's almost like a hundred percent. I think Christopher Lloyd comes back for the game as well. You can tell he's a little like older now, so his voice is a little gravelly, and um, it kind of centers a lot on Christopher uh, on uh, Doc Brown's kind of like romance stuff. Like it's like what if like he didn't get with Clara and he got with somebody else and it kind of goes from the future to back in time, even further back in time. And one big spoiler for everybody. I know you guys are wondering, like, if you know, I played the game uh, probably like eight years ago, but you do get Michael J. Fox back in the game or in the game as a voice. And it's pretty awesome because you go so far back into like, I believe 1865 and you actually meet like Seamus McFly's like granddad mm. and he looks exactly like Marty McFly. I don't Just know like he, all of the characters yeah, do like, it. Yeah, them, huh? like, yeah, but like, I mean, like he looks like he was like, like a direct, like, like this was like Marty's main, like ancestor kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's Seamus McFly's, but it's like, it's it's one of his ancestors. I can't remember, but it's it's Michael J. Fox. He reprises that role, and like they meet each other, and he's just so cool and collective. Like he's just okay with the time travel thing. But it's a really great story, and again, it's just a fun non-canon version of like a of a part four. But I think one of the the greatest moments of it is I think they understand that you know it's it's not going to be part of the series, and you know they did the best the, their best they could. And there's a really awesome scene where it's all over. Everyone goes back and it kind of ends like Back to the Future 1 where Marty's like, oh, he's back with Jennifer on the porch. You know, he's, he has a sick 4x4. Four four. He's about to drive it. And then a DeLorean pulls up and it's another Doc Brown from a different future. And he has like punk attire. And then you go, oh my God. So they're going to set up a, a part five. And then bah, 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 another DeLorean shows up and you're like, what the hell? And it's another Doc Brown from an alternate timeline. And then you're like, no fucking way. I'm, I know I'm spoiling the game, but I mean, it's it's like pretty old now. And then another, like, just all these DeLoreans keep showing up out of random time frames. And like, Doc's like, Marty, you gotta come back with me. And I think it's like just a big fun joke because at the end of the day, these movies are all comedies. Like, yeah. they, they weren't supposed to be taken so seriously, but now they're like just huge, iconic. It's this huge, iconic trilogy, but I, I feel like. You know, if you're out there and you watch all three of them and you're like, I just need a little bit more, I'd suggest playing Back to the Future of the Game. It's a lot of fun. It's just, it's a pretty chill game too. It's not, it's mostly puzzles and you walk around as Marty, but it's a really great, fun, non-canon story. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other non-canonical part fours, which are the TV show where mm-hmm. it's like the the kids, like the, the cartoon where it's like every week they go to a different time. It's kind of like that 90s, how like in the 90s, they were like every show, cartoon show had to like teach kids something. So it's kind of like yeah. one of those education type shows. Like Edu- the real education. Yeah. And then there's also the ride did that not was. Teach at... anybody anything. <laughs> no, but it would be like, well, we'll teach you about this history thing, you know? Um, but then there's also the ride at Universal Studios. Did you guys ever go on that? I actually yeah. went on that before I ever saw Back to the Future because I was I saw Back to the Future first time when I was like 13 or something and then I saw the sequels when I was like in high school so I was like late to the game like I you know when I saw two and three I was like oh wow I saw two and then like I didn't see three again for like six months like until it came on TV so I actually had the same experience of like the people who saw it in theaters where I didn't get to see the third one until a while after I kind of thought it was cool but originally, when I was a kid at Universal Studios, it was in this big, like, IMAX dome thing. 
And you're just like, uh, it's like Doc Brown comes out. And he's like, You've, we've got it. We've got you all on this time travel DeLorean. And we're going to go back. And you go to like dinosaur times. And Biff tries to hide. He's like, hey, buttheads, I'm stealing this time. And you get like almost eaten by a dinosaur and stuff. And they even had like a Doc Brown's like like dinosaur fries outside of the ride you could go eat. And it was like, mm-hmm. it was Doc Brown's like fried chicken. But it was like dinosaur yeah. chicken. And like that was iconic. And so that ride, like it's not around anymore. But the universe is still around. I don't know if the restaurant is still, but the ride is gone. And mm-hmm. like the ride, it was just so much, it was so much fun. Just like Biff being like, but that's going to get you eaten by a T-Rex. So I don't know. This is this whole franchise is just so cool and so iconic. And yeah, part three is one that gets like, people always say like, oh, you know, back to the future. One is my favorite. Or back to the future. Two is my favorite. Nobody ever really says back to the future. Three is their favorite, but I think, you know, it is equally iconic and deserves to be talked about, especially with how creative it is with once again, you know, taking the plot of the first one, but just kind of giving it that switch. And it's something and I think, you know, maybe more movies could learn from maybe I think more movies should honestly just switch genres in the sequels just be like and now for something completely different, like be like, OK, we did a sci fi movie for part one. We're going to do a Western for part three or whatever it might be. I would mm-hmm. love to see more shit like this. And it's really the only series that manages to pull off a switch like this, or even probably tries. Well, I mean, like, Thor Ragnarok is is kind of like that. It's similar to, in that way, where it kind of, like, has that break of, of like, theme and, and of characters and stuff like that. But I think that's the closest that we've gotten so, you know. Yeah, and, and as much as I love Thor Ragnarok, because it is such a departure, it is still the same genre, pretty much. You know, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't feel like it's a Western or something all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love, I would love to see like an MCU movie just be like, and now this is a western. Um, that is something cool the MCU does is that they're like, okay, like these are all movies set in the same universe, but like here's the Ant Man movies are so, like heist movies, and you know, like Black Widow is like a spy thriller. So I do think, yeah, the Marvel movies in general do that pretty well, mm-hmm. um, but not in like a series series like this where it's like this mm-hmm. is a direct sequel to something else. I would love to see more of that. Yeah, yeah. I think again with Back to the Future, it's just has the benefit of being a time travel uh, trilogy where mm-hmm. it's a little easier to get away with that. Because, I mean, if, if they had somehow in an alternate timeline decided to do Back to the Future 4 and 5 and 6, like another trilogy, just like, you know, with Star Wars, and um, they could have easily done like, hey, we're going to make, we're going to go back in time to the, you know, the Dark Ages. We're going to do a medieval type. And then you can go into the another future where it's like an alternate, like, post-apocalyptic future uh which i think that's what they were teasing in the back to future game and like there's just so many like like um opportunities to like just change up the story so i think that's the benefit of back to the future but again i'm just happy that they stuck with what they well what they had just the trilogy nice and steady and also um real thing real quick for anybody just like how i missed it if you uh, hopefully after this you go out and buy you know the 35th anniversary is it 35th anniversary uh one of the most recent anniversary yeah, yeah. Blu-ray 30, it back. would be 35 35 perfect any any anniversary uh blu-rays or 4k whatever most of the time the special features will have the back to the future ride in it so you can experience the ride not in it's like you know fun motion 40 kind of like your your, your car shaking and you're going up and down kind of thing but you can still experience it at home so that's I thought cool. that's, that's cool the that's, really cool. To do it. that's awesome so, yeah. though i'm really glad that you put that in that's really cool you know because like i do feel like the back to the future like the people behind it have such a love for the fans you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also too i think uh there was a really cool thing i i love back to the future just like how i love scream i like burned the shit out of my dvds and, and watched every special features and everything i could right before we were recording we were talking about um the, the, new, the netflix show um the movies that made us and we we're talking about how we already knew a lot of the stuff in that in that <laughs> show but uh also in the special features they have this really cool segment where um i don't know if they still have it in the most recent ones but though i think i have the 30th anniversary on dvd and that one had um banned questions and they actually brought up a lot of questions about the series and story stuff where they, they actually, I think Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis actually answered back. So when you watch it, you know, people will be like, hey, what about this plot hole? Like, how do you how do you guys do this? And they kind of just make something on the spot and just go, well, mm-hmm. 
actually, it's because da 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 da. And it's kind of cool because they canonize like their own little extra like answers to people's plot hole questions. I think there is one uh, plot hole where they they actually just came out and said, "You got us. We didn't think about <laughs> it, but I'm glad somebody pointed it out. Now it's gonna bug us for the rest of our lives." But <laughs> I, I'm glad you guys loved it. But yeah, I just I love the series, so I, I'm just trying to give as much information as I can for you guys to experience it as well. Thanks. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a timeless um, series. I know that we're talking about the third one specifically because it is the one that's like not really recognized enough. Like, while you know the whole series as a whole is recognized very much, it's the third one that kind of like doesn't get brought up too much. I know that that like for my family too. Like, it took. I didn't. I had seen the second one, you know, pretty regularly. Um, the first one I just, I just watched recently for the first time in completion. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but the, yeah, but the third one was always the one like, okay, like, like you watch the second one and then, but then like, yeah, I eventually watching the third one and, and yeah, it is, it is a good movie. It just, it stands on its own and, um, should be you know should be acknowledged too like for the multiple reasons why why we mentioned you know like like it's it is the first time that doc and marty are having an adventure together like of the same time you know the same time period people and and yeah it's definitely um thoroughly enjoy it (laughs) like i think a lot of people do but yeah I think it's also the funniest one, like out of the three. Yeah. Personally, I, I think second one is absolutely is absolutely the darkest. The first one is kind of like a great all arounder, but I always felt this one was the funniest one just because there's so many great lines. Like when they're hijacking the train, they're just like, "Oh my god, it gets like robbers, like bank robbers," and it's like, "What are you guys doing here?" It's a science experiment. Yeah. <laughs> just like okay. yeah, and then again, like uh, Doc. He's like, you know, everyone's gone through heartbreak and, and, you know, he's so sad and he's just sitting in front of a shot of whiskey like the whole night. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious because like Marty's like, oh, my God, how much has he drank? He's like, nothing. He's been staring at his drink all night. <laughs> and then he just takes a <laughs> shot and he gets plastered <laughs> after that one <laughs> shot. And like, is there so, so many like funny, relatable moments like, oh, when he did like Marty's, uh, they, they have their own little um, kind of like shoot him up game like 1885 version yeah uh, and you know he's like you gotta hold it with the left hand boy and he's just like oh this is awkward man and he switches it and then he's like bah, 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 just like gunslinger you know mccree from overwatch kind of thing and then he's just like where'd you learn how to shoot like that he's like 7-eleven and then <laughs> yeah. he always killed me because I, I remember going to 7-eleven as a kid and they had those cabinets there with the shoot em ups and you shoot the ducks and stuff and which is really cool foreshadowing for anybody. If you watch Back to the Future 2, where you where, where they go to the future, they're, they're in Cafe 80s, and you get to see the first uh, film appearance of Alicia Wood at the oh, arcade like cabinet. Alicia Wood? Alicia, oh my God. Alicia? I was like, who the Alicia Wood? Is this some kind of bit you're doing? All right, no, 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 my bad. I, I was like, speaking too fast. I'm like, she played excited. Frodo Baggins. Frodo Baggins. Uh, he, he, you went all the way down to the, like the the... Um, Aramaic pronunciation of Elisha. I, I was I was just going too fast, but yeah, at least I would. And you know, he's just like shooting, and he, and like Marty's showing off his skills, and he's like, you have to, you know, you have to. Uh, if he notice, he's shooting cowboys, and like mm-hmm. it's a little foreshadowing to him playing the game in 1885. And then obviously, it's a great bit as well where Elisha would. <laughs> it's like you have to shoot, you have to use your hands. It's a baby's toy. But yeah, I just love all those little moments and stuff. And like, it just, I honestly think it's the funniest one. It always kills me. And like, it, even when like, you know, he, he throws the the pie, like the, the pan with the pie. Frisbee. Mm-hmm. And then like, he looks at it and then he goes, Frisbee, far out. And then like, Seamus is just like, <laughs> far out. It was right in front of him. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like, there's just yeah. so many great jokes. Like, I feel like this one, as, as badass as it is as a Western, it's the absolute funniest one. As well. mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. a big part of that is that it's this movie is so good with payoffs that have been That's set up in the previous two. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of that is jokes, but also a lot of that is like, oh wow, so that's what like this was here. 
And now you get that's it does feel like you know it's all planned. Like especially the stuff from the second one. Like it's like this is it's a this movie is so smart with the way how everything is important. Things you didn't think from the second one or even the first one that were just like kind of one liners. They bring it all back. It's just a master. Mm-hmm. This movie just is masterful and just that's why it's a great ending to a trilogy because it makes you feel like everything that happened in the first two was really important and everything was paid off completely here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate you guys like watching it again. It's very close to my heart. Just like scream two was this one back to future three, my favorite part three kind of film. And don't worry, Ariel. I love return of the Jedi as well. It's only not a bad I, movie. It's well, just only, it's not horrible. The only reason I like Empire a little bit more is because I don't like that stupid singing scene in the beginning of the Return of the Jedi. Ugh, yeah. And Jabba's power. Isn't that an addition, though? It's in it, but it's a lot longer in the special edition. It's always in it, but they make it a whole thing in the special edition. Sadly, it's the very, very, very rare times as a Star Wars fan where I kind of, when that scene comes on, I kind of have to just turn around or go on my phone because I'm just like, I can't watch this. I'm like, I love green lightsaber J- Jedi Luke, but I have to sit through that stupid ass scene. But that's the only reason. That's the only reason why Empire is a little better on my list. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, thank you guys I so also much. Like, I, always, I also like Last Crusade too. I love Last most. Crusade. I love Last Crusade. That one's, it's, but that's different because that's not a trilogy. Those are just a bunch of standalone movies, you know? That's true. You don't consider them trilogy? No, because they like there's no con- there's no story connection between Indiana Jones the first one and the second one to the point or the third one to the point where like the second one is a prequel but no one realizes it because you could really watch them in any order. And I guess you could argue that Indy does have character growth over like the four films. I think that is uh I think that's accurate. But really like there's no connection. They're all just kind of standalone adventures that Indy goes on, which is cool, which is fine, which I love. But it's not like Back to the Future where it's mm-hmm. all one connected story, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know that they weren't that the second one was a prequel. Yeah, exactly. the second one. The second one is one that I have not watched a lot of because of it. Yeah, it being yeah. Not the no, best it's one, it's the yeah. one I've watched of the yeah. original three the least. I would say it's it's not a bad movie, but it's nowhere near as good as the first and the third. The first and the third are yeah. perfect. Yeah, like yeah. I will watch those two anytime, and I especially. I'm on the same page as you, where I I love Last Crusade. It's my favorite. And then four will probably be retcon in a few months. So no, no, it's not. Four is going to be part of it. No, they're gonna they're gonna have a great ending with five. I'm excited for five. Yeah, I'm excited for five too. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how they're gonna retcon. Seen Temple of Doom way too many fucking times. I hate it. I don't like Temple of Doom. That's a fair. That's a fair assessment. I feel like it's just on all the time. Like, oh my god, Nathan Jones is on TV. Let me. I'd rather watch the fourth one. I'll be honest. Short round is the only good thing. Short round oh, and, and no. Ali Bob. That's right. You don't oh, like short no. round? I hate no? short round. He's oh, so annoying. Okay. I just He's want not to, like, my favorite either. Okay. Is that, no, I, I only like maybe the beginning of the movie where they're, they're at Club Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yes. So that was great. But Also, but, like, why is it a musical for like five minutes? Like, it's weird. It's like... It's a musical. Well, it's well, like... Those it's weird because it's like it's like a it's like a fake reality kind of for like for the beginning of that movie, and then they're like, "Oh, just kidding! None of that was actually." Re- it's not, weird. I've not seen it in a long time. All I it's, remember is, is Kalima, which is like a- Kalima Shakira. I'll still watch it. I'll still enjoy it. It just doesn't hit yeah. the same as as one and three. Yeah. No, no time for love, Doctor Brown. <laughs> Doctor Emmett Brown. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no. Well, well, thank you guys so much. You know, thank you everybody for listening to our summer of sequels. I was thinking as like maybe if we had brought up the reboot thing, maybe next summer, the summer of reboots. Ooh, maybe some underrated maybe. reboots. Maybe we don't know. Yeah, we've, we've, we've done, done a couple already. Yeah, we've done a couple. Is it the Evil Dead? No, it's just <laughs> Evil Dead. Yeah, just, there's no duh. Yeah, it's like the Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad. Yeah. They lost the duh. It's cleaner. Mm-hmm. And we did Pete's Dragon, which I 
fucking love. I just watched Green Knight. I'm like, God damn it, David Lowry does it again. I was thinking of um, uh, Dawn of the Dead, which was a great. I thought it was a great re- uh, reboot remake. I guess. Yeah. Now it technically is a reboot now with the Army of the Dead, which I haven't seen that yet. I, I heard kind of mixed things, so I'm kind of like, it's really bad. <laughs> it's 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 borderline unwatchable. I, 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 I went into it over the really wanting to like it, and well, I I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I know for me, you know, Zack Snyder is a mixed bag. So I, I I'm gonna try to watch it, see how I am. I'm I'm pr- I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna be like all hyped about it. Give it a try. But, I I, <laughs> not I know. Do it for I me. know. I know. You're kind of like uh, you're already on the fence with like with Zack Snyder's stuff. Too. I I I like him. Like, or I, I like his stuff. I don't like him, but I like all of his most of his movies. But that one was his worst movie by a lot. I felt like that was. It's popular n- enough, though. Yeah, because it's getting like a few like an anime prequel or something like that. And then no, they're making like a straight up like they're making a straight up prequel to it without any zombies. I'm like, what? You're okay. What are you doing? Yeah, it's oh, the army on. of thieves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about the only interesting character in it. They're making a prequel about him, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe though. Uh, we'll we'll reboot this sequel. Se- we'll reboot the summer series and do some reboots next year. That'd be pretty cool. Watch the mm-hmm. day after this comes out. We're rebooting Back to the Future. In truth, I don't think they'll just because of the legacy of it alone, mm-hmm. let alone the legacy of Michael J. Fox, you know, like they the only way that they could reboot Teen Wolf was to make it more of like a totally departure of Teen Wolf. So kind of like um so so yeah, and you can't really do that with Back to the Future. I think the legacy of Back to the Future is too big for it yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and like I think, like I had mentioned earlier, I think Bob's Bob's and this was like, I own the rights. There's no fucking way you're gonna make. You're gonna have to wait a hundred mm-hmm. years or so. Yeah. Like a hundred yeah. years or so after yeah. I die. So we're we're in the clear. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he's good. He he's like has a clause in his like will or something. Like you cannot reboot any of my movies. Like speaking of speaking of um movies that 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 made us um another episode of that is Forrest Gump and and you just get a full on like idea of who Robert Zemeckis is for better or worse. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I gotta yeah. check it out. I, I, that's the only episode I haven't seen yet. So I gotta. It's pretty good. Yeah, man. Tom Hanks, man. He's he just is a trooper, man, on everything. You'll see. But yeah, it's definitely a good episode. That's my dad's favorite movie because he thinks he is Forrest Gump. He's like, you know, I was born in Alabama and I got drafted. I'm just like Forrest. I'm like, yeah. He's, in a lot he's of ways. the closest, I think. Just I I've never met the man still, but he is. <laughs> I I would I would totally like even just on on your tellings of him and 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 the brief you know videos that I've seen. I'm like. I could buy he's Forrest Gump. Does that make you? That makes you Haley Joe Osmond. <laughs> uh, it could be worse. Yeah. One little quick story, but I had went to. Uh, I used to live near uh, Disney, and near Disneyland there was Bubba Gumps, and mm-hmm. I had never been there. All I knew Still about haven't been there. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. I was like, oh, it's like a fish place, and I walk in, and I and I walked in with some friends who were very very big Forrest Gump fans. I had never seen Forrest Gump at the time. I didn't see it until I was like late teens. And I think, no, I think like till my 20s. And I, I remember I walk in and like the waitress, I guess they ask you trivia. And yeah. she was like, who? I've never been. Oh, like, yeah. Well, well, when you walk in, I guess it's like as kind of like it'd be like, hey, you know, like, uh-huh. hey, going, guys, you guys seen the movie? And I was like, I had no idea. So I was like, man, there's, there, you know, I'm looking around the restaurant and I'm like, dude, there's a lot of Forrest Gump memorabilia for some reason. <laughs> I was like, I think the owner really digs that movie. And then all my friends are kind of flabbergasted. And then the waitress comes up and she's just like, oh, what character did this? Or what character got AIDS or something like that? What character got drafted? I was just like, and I'm just so shocked because I'm just like, why is this waitress asking questions about Forrest Gump? I was like, so you had no idea what the theme I, of the theme restaurant you were in was like, just the all. gump of it? It's like going to Rainforest Cafe and be like, what's up with these fucking monkeys and shit? 
exactly dude exactly to the t like i was so lost and my friends were like you never see forrest gump and i'm like why is, is that a big deal right now i just want shrimp dog and i'm like why are we talking about this and then they're like okay bubba gums is a is a is a theme is a restaurant in the movie and they made it real life and i'm like oh i had no fucking idea i've never seen the movie I'm like okay that's cool but yeah i, I thought it was a funny like experience like yeah just, that's really great yeah, yeah. Up. i don't know how i i want to go just for yeah the experience but then i'm like i don't know if i would want to do forrest gump trivia i'm a good person about trivia but forrest gump trivia i've i've seen the movie in total like maybe twice because it's such a long movie um the uh, movies that made us kind of make me want it watch it a little bit but it's a long movie. Well, well <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like she was like, you gotta do trivia. No, she was just kind of like, who's seen it? And like, my whole party was like obsessed with it. Like, I didn't know they were like Forrest Gumpers or something. And like, they're like, like, you know, Foresters. And like, they were just like, oh my God, yes. And then they're answering questions. And I'm just like, what, like looking around so confused. I'm like, did I walk through like a, a portal or something like a portal <laughs> universe because everyone's really about it right now but yeah <laughs> no but That's they're not great. gonna like force it upon you they're just gonna be like you seen it yeah i seen it you want to do some trivia now nah, it's cool yeah okay Bef before we wrap up guys i want to ask you what what uh to kind of close out our summer of sequels what's a sequel you just wish you could see that has not been made like what's what's your ultimate sequel because i think for me it's gotta be i would still love to see a speed racer too you know like that's our first one we've ever covered i'm still to this day kind of salty yeah. that we'll never get another speed racer um that's my answer what about you guys yeah. you jump you drop these like existential questions <laughs> that i don't have i'm not ready for yeah now i'm kind of like oh man um and the viewers, listeners, I mean, at home, like, write in. Tell us, like, what's a sequel? Like, what's the your ultimate never happened sequel? You know, what's the sequel that should have gotten made or that will never get made or has never gotten made yet, at least, or it's been in developmental hell and you don't know if it's going to get made? I would love to hear from you guys. Write us in, you know, like, send us an email or, you know, join our, like, let us know on Discord or Instagram or whatever. Man. I want to say this is the first, because it is an episode that we've done before. Uh, I think it was this this summer's uh, sequel to Tron Legacy. I think that's one yeah. of my, my big ones. Yeah, yeah Tron Legacy yeah. sequel. It's happening though. It's happening though. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Alle um, yeah. Allegedly, it's been supposed to happen for a while. It was on, then it was off, and now it looks like it's back on again. So I'm on the same page as you, Alan. Let's see that fucking Tron three. So since that one has been made, uh, real fast, then I do have one, and I just realized because I'm wearing the shirt. This is Halloween three. And for the viewers out or listeners out there, uh, it's a Halloween three shirt, and it's like the the, the jack o' lantern on the uh, on the commercial. It's like oh, twenty four days till Halloween, Halloween, and all that. Um, originally, the Halloween series wasn't supposed to be specifically about Michael Myers. Uh, they only made a sequel because everybody loved Michael Myers so much. But originally, the concept of the idea was making an anthology series. That's why we got Halloween three, and so many people were confused that uh there was like why is there no michael myers in the movie which technically he is in the movie but it's in a meta way where characters are watching the first halloween and michael myers shows up on a tv so the movie exists in that movie and that kind of way just how like you know evil dead exists in Nightmare on elm street because they're watching Evil Dead. but i actually wished you know in, in an alternate timeline uh and a and a Another 1985, maybe, because I think this came out, Halloween 3 came out before it. I would have liked to see a Halloween 4 that wasn't about Michael Myers. And it was just continuing on the anthology concept of Halloween stories, uh, mm. Halloween anthology yeah. film stories, like mm -hmm. with John Carpenter and everybody like backing it up. Because uh, after I discovered Halloween 3, I was so, because I, I had never seen it because it was kind of like one of those movies that kind of got shut off and like kind of like people were like, don't watch it. It's stupid because it's not about Michael Myers. And then when I saw it, I was like, dude, this is fucking awesome. And I did research about it. And then I realized it's like, oh my God, I would love a sequel Halloween four that wasn't about Michael Myers, but it's the, 
the the concept. So I think that would be a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a really that's a really good idea. Yeah. Okay, I had to look up like a, um, a list and stuff, but it sparked something very. Uh, it's very random that, but Elf Two. I actually I don't know how I don't know how I got the script, but I, I've read I read the Elf Two script. I still have it, and it was a really good script. And I liked the story. I read it and I was like, "This is really good. I'm excited for it." Never happened. And I guess like Will Ferrell was like kind of like hesitant on it, didn't like the direction. I was like, I love this direction. <laughs> I I yeah. actually really liked the story. Is like you know you had classic buddy. You had a dot his daughter that was kind. It was like going to take place like when she was like preteen. So she was kind of like was getting like a bit um embarrassed by buddy and how he was they were like living in the suburbs um and stuff and and then um kind of like you know both his daughter and him kind of like learn lessons and stuff and it's kind of like you know seeing buddy as a dad where in the first one he was like all trying to find his dad and stuff i loved it i i really wish it did come to fruition but it didn't um so that's one actually yeah like i just got sparked by it and i'm like and then i'm a sucker for christmas movies like <laughs> so yeah. i really loved it of our answers are like our favorite like holidays like i'm like i want a halloween sequence like, i want a christmas one <laughs> yeah. yeah let me see what else we got like let's see there's like all these 60s movies yeah but that's one that like oh yeah like I had, I have the script still, yeah. Of That's course, cool. famously, Spider Man lives. You know, kind of seeing Nick Cage, kind of like. Oh, so that's not yeah. a sequel. That would have just been that's that just a movie that never happened. I still, I yeah. still would have been down for that. That's actually yeah. another one I would, I'd be so down to watch. Super Superman lives, not Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Man, there's a, like a lot yeah. of sequels. No, there's a lot. There's a, yeah. That's that's interesting. All right. But yes, well, thank you again. You know, like uh, we want to hear your your answers uh, in the Discord. We we got a, a couple of people talking in Discord this week, and that was a lot of fun. I, I was unfortunately not able to comment because I just started a new job, so I was like, oh, okay. I was reading your guys' stuff, but I wasn't able to to jump right in. But um, yeah, we want to hear your guys' answers. We want to hear what you guys, what movies you think would be, or you wish you could have saw as a sequel, like Derek said. But now it's time for the plugs. So, you guys, go ahead. Yeah, I have another podcast. I have a podcast that I host called "You've Never Seen?" Question mark exclamation mark. Um, we just started our second season. Um, our second season, second year, um, of movies. Uh, where the first episode of the second season was me and Alan talking about him for his first viewing of Blade Runner, which is, we kind of used as like a prequel or, or, you know, to the sequel (laughs) um, of our discussion on, on Blade Runner 2049 um, in the episode before this one. So, so yeah, that was pretty fun. And um, that comes out on the first of every month and just look out for the, um, just search, You've never seen question mark exclamation mark and look for the the woman screaming in green. And I've been uh, guessing on a lot of podcasts recently. I mentioned last time, you know, I was on um, one called The Final Draft where I got to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, one of my favorite movies. I was um, on a show called the uh, the Matt and Mark Show where we talked about um, something I finally got to see, you know, talk about on a podcast and I saw in theaters, which was The Jungle Cruise. Um, I was just recently, as of today, we were recording on Friday the 13th, I was on a horror movie podcast um, called uh, Killing Time, where we talked about our favorite psychological horror films. That was a lot of fun. And then um, coming out soon after this, um, I'm going to be on one called Movie Time Capsule, uh, where we talk about, take about, like, you know, what questions about, like, what would movie, movies would I preserve in a time capsule, you know, um, for particular reasons. So I had a lot of fun doing that one so um you know listen to any of those ones i had a lot of fun doing all of those shows yeah i did also guest on on um a podcast called price tag um podcast then that that one came out today actually my episode came out today um and i had a really fun time on it um with with uh uh 
and Neasley. Sorry. Ainsley? <laughs> I think his name is Ainsley. Ainsley. I was on the show Thank too, you. yeah. My yeah. episode's still upcoming. Yeah. So um I had really good time. Very exis- loved the kind of like existential discussions that we had with it. So please definitely go and check that one out as well. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Uh, I'm so glad you guys dug the movie, of course, Back to the Future. And I hope you guys dug the episode. I hope you guys d- dug the whole uh, Summer of Sequels kind of little miniseries we had going on. Of course, we're going to be back with a lot more, as per usual. So please, you know, uh, give us likes, leave us reviews, join us on the Discord, Twitter, um, all our socials. So we, we always love to hear from you guys. So, yeah. Uh, I've been Alan Torres and my lovely host again, Ariel Ortiz. Thanks for being amazing, everybody. Have a good uh, rest of your week. And Derek McDuff. Uh, I'll see you guys in another life or in the future. Mm-hmm. Take it easy, y'all. Have a good one.